welcome to episode 131 of Tim Talk, the podcast about the DC animated universe co-created by Bruce Tim. I am Chris Lord. I'm Cameron Dexter. And uh, let us start things off by saying a happy belated Batman day. Happy birthday, Batman. Yes, obviously this is coming out on the Tuesday. We're recording on the Sunday and Batman Day was on the Saturday. Mm -hmm. So none of those times aligned at all. But a joyous Batman day to you all. Um, I guess to wrap this up, I would love to know how people celebrated Batman Day. Yes. Like I was, I was trying to engage a little bit uh, as much as I could on Twitter or the day of, mm-hmm. a little bit of posting on Instagram and Twitter. Um, put a shout out to all of the really cool friends that we've made. Yeah. I know you saw the Instagram post. I don't think you saw the Twitter post because you don't do Twitter. I, I have not signed on to Twitter in years. Okay, yeah. So the I was trying to figure out what to do for Twitter and ultimately I decided like, I think you and I would probably both agree that the coolest part of having done this is like all the cool other podcasts and creatives and just fun people we've met who love the same thing. And so my, my post is basically just, uh, just saying happy Batman day to all those amazing people. I, yeah. I, I tagged them in the post cause that's really what's been the, the pleasure of all of this mm-hmm. beyond the pleasure of your company, Cameron. Thank you. Which honestly is number one. It's like three or four. That's that's fair for you. Yeah, I can I can understand. Yeah, um, the pleasure for you in this podcast is uh, number one shoehorning Disney conversation into mm-hmm. the podcast. Uh, number two shoehorning Avatar. Anime. I'll say anime <laughs> Avatar <laughs> conversation into the podcast. Uh, and somewhere maybe around number six or number seven is uh, having to spend two hours a week hanging out with me. I mean. If it, if it wasn't for driving in West Hollywood, it'd be better. <laughs> <laughs> fair. Uh, I know. Actually, I mean we. You probably want to save this for plugs, but they're not plugs for um, notes from friends. But Ashley sent us a game. Yes. Have you ever played DC deck building? I never have. No. I my friend group in Dallas got super into it. Really? Okay. We we'd been playing since the first edition came out. DC deck building uh, for Trey and Jeff. I think you're the only two that that still might be listening to this. Uh, Jeff specifically, if you're still listening to this, you ruined this game for me. Uh, it's a super strategy game. So it's a new kind of genre of card games that's come out in the past couple of years by this gaming company called Cryptozoic, mm-hmm. um, where instead of starting off with a deck of cards and kind of playing until you're out, it's a, it's reverse. So there's a, uh, a table deck and everyone starts off with, uh, I think eight to 11 cards and you use those cards to buy more cards. Oh, interesting. And okay. then at the end of the game, it's whoever has the most in their deck usually wins. I'd be down to try this out at some point. It, it is very fun. It, there's yeah. a lot of strategy in it. Okay. Uh, so I'm down to be bad at this game at some point. I, I own the first two editions. DC oh. Deck Building has so many now. Oh, okay. Well, let's um, do it then. And there's, you know, like uh, Street Fighter Deck Building, Marvel Deck Building, Disney Deck Building. Like they, they've expanded to... It's similar to Funko. They've expanded to... Every franchise, all right of now. them. Yeah, I think it's like a Walking Dead deck building. Oh it's it's too much now. Hey, good on them. Yeah, get that franchise money. Oh yeah. Uh, but yes, Ashley, I have played this game. It it has ruined parts of my life. Oh, let's bring it back then. Yes. Uh, <laughs> let's do it again. Yes. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, but that is a great way to spend your uh, um, your Batman day. Your Batman day is playing, playing yeah. DC deck building. All right, well, we'll we'll do it at some point. Uh, we do have a little bit of news to cover, real quick. Uh, relatively light on the news this week, but one big piece. One of news. big piece of news. So we'll, we'll something we've been wanting to say for a while. I know. So we'll do the uh, the slightly less exciting piece of news first. I just got to bring it up here. So uh, DC Animation has revealed the first look 
at their Red Sun, Superman Red Sun adaptation. Great. Uh, here's, sure. the, here's the photo. Looking pretty good. Looks. Oh, he's got a little, got a little hair quaff. Yeah, he's got a little quaff. I, I mean, I, I hate to make generalizations, but I'm going to. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that this is one of their one-off films, not one of their... Uh, new 52 verse yeah we, we've been very vocal about this i know and I, I don't want to feel like i'm just beating a dead flat horse but i'm excited when they do kind of the more one-off things and i feel like they do slightly more interesting casting when's the last time they did uh one-off not uh, not counting like uh batman ninja I like maybe gotham by gaslight which that one was, okay that was, i liked that one, that one was, yeah that, that was that, recent that was I, good. I, I, my first thought was flashpoint no flashpoint's part of the, the is it 52 verse yeah oh dang yeah. Well, that's the best one of the 52-verse, then. Yeah. Flashpoint's oh, amazing. Definitely. Uh, but I think part of the fun of these other ones is they, they tend to bring in more interesting casting. So we have uh, Jason Isaacs as the voice of Superman. Okay. Do you know who that is? Yes. Lucius Malfoy in Harry Potter. Okay. And he's just, he's in tons and tons of stuff. He's one mm-hmm. of those guys that just pops up everywhere, but... Um, is, it, is it my turn this time? Am I the one hitting? Yes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that cushion away from you. Did you like that I included your your tap pillow in the, the I Batman did. day post? Yeah, so everyone knows what he's always threatening to take away from me. It's the Batman pillow that you're constantly hitting. That was my turn. Uh, the great Dietrich Bader, who of course is our Zeta currently, but also Batman and Brave and the Bold, will be voicing Lex Luthor. Great. Um, and then we have Amy Acker, who is a, a, a Whedon alum, voicing I, Lois Lane. I honestly were about to say Amy Adams. And I'm like, wow, yeah. how did that happen? I know, right? Came back around. <laughs> uh, Vanessa Marshall. Uh, uh, they put a lot of money in Lois. Right? Um, Vanessa Marshall, who's a, a well-known voice actress. Uh, she did um, uh, Captain Sindula, Hera Sindula on Rebels. Okay. She's going to be Wonder Woman. Uh, Phil Morris as James Olsen, Paul Williams as Brainiac, Sasha Ruiz as Hal Jordan, and Phil Lamar, the great Phil Lamar, uh, as Jon Stewart once again. And Yay. Then, um, Roger Craig Smith, who voiced Batman and Batman Ninja and Batman Arkham Origins, will be Batman in the movie. Y- you've read Red Sun, correct? I have read Red Sun. It's a great story. It's very good. Um, I think Superman's it, a dick. I mean... Kind of. Kind, I, I think part of the reason that story is so good is it fundamentally understands the character and yes. puts them in a different situation. It, it's sort of the opposite of a lot of my complaints about like the, the film adaptations where it's like they don't fundamentally understand the characters. The changes they make seem like just shallow and stupid. Mm-hmm. Whereas this is like that cool idea of like, oh, let's take this cool spin on it. But uh, no, I'm, I'm excited for this one. I think it'd be a lot of fun. But the other thing in piece of news, the one we're really excited to say. Also Superman news. Also Superman news. Something that has been rumored for a long time and we are very, very excited it's actually going to happen. Cameron, why don't you say Because I feel like you're even more excited than I am. Uh, Smallville is joining the CW-verse. Yep. We got Tom Welling. Yes. As Superman, as as our boy, Superman, joining the Crisis. Uh, crisis on Infinite Earths. Yeah. I, I, I can call it a series. There's six episodes. Uh, is it five, five? episodes? I think it's five, yeah. yeah. I'm so excited. Well, this you, is going to be you amazing. missed possibly the even better part of the news. Wait, I, I forgot already. That Erica Durance is returning also as Lois Lane. Oh, that's right. Yeah, our favorite Lois mm-hmm. is coming back. So, look, I mean, I'm super excited about this. The, I feel like the 
the Arrowverse has gotten so big that both of us have abandoned it years ago. But I did watch the the last. The crossovers crisis. are always great. The crossover is pretty good. I watched the last Crisis and it was it was pretty solid. Um, and then I'm super. The last super one was uh, where they switched roles, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay, I think I watched the first episode and then got distracted. Yeah, it, it, it was pretty decent. But like, I mean, this is huge. Like, they're basically pulling from all these crazy places. I know I can't even remember some of the other casting announcements they've made, but I know they've been making quite a few. Um, now we just gotta wait and see if maybe they'll get Michael Rosenbaum back as Lex Luthor, which Ugh. I I would love that so that much. Would be that so is so good. Pure speculation and hope on my part. I would love it if it happens. But we don't know, but mm-hmm. I mean. This is going to be amazing. It's going to be so good. Yeah. They they have I think they 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 learned that like the older fan not older fan base, but part of the fan base is starting to drift and this is their power play of like yeah. you guys want you guys want a surprise, you want a twist? Here's your twist. Oh, it's going to be so good. Just more fan service. Now the uh the real question. Oh right, I forgot. The the other thing that was super exciting was that Brandon Routh was going to be in it, of course as mm-hmm. uh Kingdom Come Superman. Now the thing that I'm curious to see is, will we be getting Tom Welling in a Superman suit? Something that they actually avoided doing. Uh, Until the last minute. Yeah, and even then, like, they never show, like, the the rule for the show is always, like, no tights, no flight. So even, mm-hmm. we never actually got, like, a full body shot of Tom Welling wearing the suit. We just got, like, the, the reveal shot in the very last moment, and then we got some, like, long-distance CGI shots of him in the suit. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it, we don't know if, it, if it's going to pick up right where that left off. Yeah. If there's been a time jump. I would imagine there'd be some sort of time jump. Because, I mean... Has he retired? They, I mean, they've, they've both aged a little bit. I mean, they both look good, obviously. But, yeah. you know, like I think you have to acknowledge the fact that like some time has passed. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, this is pretty crazy. Like, all the different things they're pulling from. I think it's been a really good really good thing. I know. I'm, I'm excited. They, they've got me back on board. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, like, like I said, that was kind of all of it for, for news this week. Yeah, exactly. I can't think of anything. No. So shall we get into uh, Zeta? Get an early start on Zeta this week? <sighs> now, you said before we started recording that you now have a new contender for your least favorite episode this of Zeta. Can I so guess which one it is? Bad. It's it's hard to, to miss. I mean, it's Eye of the Storm, right? It's the tornado. This was the tornado so one. bad. It's okay. It Holy is, shit. How was this a full episode? It's particu- it's, look, it's particularly bad. The whole idea is... As someone from Kansas, momentarily, <laughs> this was insulting. The whole idea is that they're passing through somewhere in the, the middle of the country. They do say Kansas. They do say Kansas. Mm-hmm. Okay, so passing through Kansas, they stop off to recharge their electric car at a fill station and realize that a tornado is hitting. And then oh, not just one tornado. Multiple tornadoes. Three tornadoes, Three tornadoes, tornadoes. are hitting. They come across these these young brothers. The younger one is uh, what's his bucket? What's his name? I wrote it down here. Carl. Carl is the engineer. He's designed this system that basically like zaps tornadoes into going away. And his older brother Dex. I just right? refer to them as is the science brother and the cocky the, brother. The cocky brother. The cocky brother then pilots this little capsule into the the hurricane and zaps them until they disappear. Mm-hmm. Um. The one kind of fun thing is the the brothers are voiced by Joey and Andrew Lawrence. I don't. Oh, that is cool, actually. Right? <laughs> yeah, see? Damn it. See? <laughs> Something I knew even you would appreciate about this. God uh, damn it, DCOMs. Talk about just, you know, a blast from the past there in terms <laughs> of some voice performances. But I love that that was what was going on there. Um, oh, Joey Lawrence. Oh, oh Joey Lawrence. But uh, which, one, which, which one was the super hot one? Let me look these up again. Uh, the other one. 
But because it was Matthew, Joey, and Andrew. I think Matthew was the one in Boy Meets World. Okay, so okay, here we go. Here's here's of the time. So oh, Joey was the oldest. Yeah, and he was the one that was on Boy Meets World, right? Let me see the photo. They all look so similar. Yes, yes, yes. He yeah. Okay. Oh, fuck. Matthew was in Horse Sense. Ma- Matthew was in Mrs. Doubtfire, right? Sure. Let me, let me look up Matthew. I think Matthew's a super hot one. Yes, Matthew yep, Lawrence yep. was the dreamboat, one of the dreamboats of the 90s. Oh, yeah. Oh, hello. Hello. Uh, okay. This episode... In in where are we done talking about how hot Matthew Lawrence is? I want to talk about how bad this episode is. Okay, I, I okay. You know what? Mm, I will give you that by order of magnitude, this episode is worth <laughs> worse than Matthew Lawrence is hot. So we can talk about yes. it. Yes. Uh, so yeah, you out of nowhere, you have these storm chasers, the the smart brother and the cocky brother, trying to <clears throat> use science to uh, kind of just destroy a tornado. To, yeah. To they don't really give like a scientific term for stop it. tornadoes. Basically, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they fail the first time Zeta comes out and he's like, Oh, well this is how you fix it. Uh, and you think that that's the episode right there. Uh, but no, nope. we got two more tornadoes to deal with nope, because the, the younger brother is jealous. Uh, nerdy brother is cocky of arrogant brother. Of, mm-hmm. Cocky yeah. brother. They, they also use younger brother and older brother as insults for each other. Yeah. Oh, yeah like, little bro. I, I hate when you call me that the actual being the actual, cause I thought like maybe he's the older brother, but the other, you know, maybe he's taller or something. I don't know. Yeah. It was so dumb. Big bro versus older bro. But yeah, the, the younger brother is jealous. And so he decides he's going to fly the capsule into the storm because he can do it, but it's a super crazy storm and everything's getting blown away. And Zeta has to go into the storm and jump into the capsule and save the brother. Cause he like scratched his arm and couldn't continue to operate the yeah. machine anymore. Yep. Yep, yep. Um, and that was it. That's pretty much it. And that was the whole episode. It's it's particularly stupid. I did think it was funny because I was I was bringing up the um, the DCAU wiki pages before I started watching them, and it just has a list of the villains of this episode is just tornadoes. Yeah, because that that's exactly what it is. There's no villain. They found a way to make this show even more passive. So okay, I I, I will. We've had we've had episodes where where you know Mother Nature was the villain. Yeah, I I will give this episode credit for one thing, and you will probably not disagree with me. I thought they the, didn't make the turn into sentient. No, I mean that would have been amazing. I think the animation's actually pretty good. I honestly was so upset with the episode I didn't even notice. Okay, I I it might be repetitive, but I thought that their animation for the tornadoes themselves looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, there was like one shot they did where they were more or less like looking straight up into the storm and the rain was coming towards the screen, which actually looked kind of pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, enough for me to stop and notice that it was pretty good. Okay. Uh, but this is also an episode where a hover car has a surprising amount of tire squeal, <laughs> which I was particularly baffled by. Um, I, I think, okay, there, there were beyond just like the general bad concept here. One thing that really bothered me about this episode was how they approached, like, the lesson to be learned. So they put the the nerdy brother, so the one who's, like, 
not getting credit and who's like doing everything right but so so the the way the device works is they have two stations so they have the main car which is uh kind of the hover hover, van yeah it's like a hover van that walks itself into the ground uh and that's kind of the home base that's the control panel for the second pod that pops out of the van uh and that flies around the tornado and and kind of shoots it with lasers until it dissipate dissipates yeah uh so the cocky brother flies the craft the pod the pod and the smart brother stays inside the control room yeah and the smart brother is just really upset that he's not getting any sort of credit and the cocky brother is like stealing all the the limelight i mean honestly welcome to the real world yeah i know well i think that was my problem was that the nerdy brother is then put in the role of being the antagonist because he's the one that decides he's going to go do it all on his own and prove everyone wrong and that character moment didn't really feel natural like i got that he was jealous but i wanted to see kind of the opposite happen like i wanted to see the cocky brother get put in a situation he couldn't handle anymore and the nerdy brother had to come in and save him Mm -hmm. i feel like that would have been the better lesson to be learned because the cocky brother was the one that had to learn the lesson yeah but they structured the episode so that the nerdy brother isn't cool yeah it's like oh science isn't cool and the nerdy brother becomes like the the motivating factor for like the climax and like the resolution for everybody and like oh they learn how to appreciate each other and like share the spotlight and you know, acknowledge each other's contributions, but it's basically like the younger brother also having to learn that the cocky brother has something to contribute. And I was like, ah, that was and, a weird place to go with it. That's a story beat that, I mean, that's a trope that we see that everywhere. Yeah. You have it at the diner where the nerdy brother kind of like voices his frustration being like, Hey, so like you, you're taking all the credit, but like, you know, you couldn't have done this without me. Like, you know, you, you should bring me up in interviews and like, you know, we should share the technology Yeah. and the cocky brother being like, no, I don't need you. You didn't do anything. And then he goes out to prove him wrong. Like I can do this on my own. Uh, and then the cocky brother gets caught in the storm. But then the problem is we have no need for Zeta anymore. I mean, cause then the smart, we? we don't, this whole episode could have been done without Zeta. Uh, but especially okay. Roe. Roe okay. had no reason to be no, in this episode. She never like she does, does she even drive the van at any point? <laughs> no. Like I don't know. She doesn't do anything. But I will okay. I will say that if they had done that route, if they had the cocky brother up in the capsule trying to do it on his own without any sort of help, they could have had Zeta have to transport the nerdy brother up to the capsule to save him. Was thing. It's like oh, only I know how to work the system. Like even Zeta, like as smart as you are, like you know I I built this thing from scratch. Like it's. Mm-hmm. You know, no one knows how it works because nothing else like uh, exists. Like, I need you to get me up there. And then I think that would have added some stakes for when Zeta goes, like, has to go into the storm to go up to the capsule. Because it's not only him having to get up there, but it's him having to protect someone at the same time as trying to navigate this crazy space. Mm-hmm. I think that would have been a little more interesting way to approach it. Yeah. Just like from a thematic anything perspective. Anything would have been more than, interesting than what Anything we would have been more interesting. Yeah. Just if, from a thematic perspective, I think from a... a character and a stakes perspective um, and an action perspective that all would have been a bit more interesting well so we had that and then talking back on zeta and roe they tried to set it up where like the cocky brother was hanging out with roe oh yeah and, and like flirting with her super yeah, hardcore and the smart one was hanging out with zeta and they excuse me definitely could have played into that so much more i mean you could have had roe attracted to him 
Yeah. And then they could have been like, you know, action gets things done. Like you gotta, you gotta be the person who takes that first step or else nothing's going to get done. Yeah. Leap before you look sort of. Yeah. Thing. And then Roe agreeing with him and then, you know, her, she could have been in the capsule too. Who knows? Yeah. You know, have something where it, it even their relationship creates such a divide between Roe and Zeta. Oh, I see. Yeah. Like if maybe there is something in the opening sequence where Roe leaps into action before thinking and Zeta like, and grabs like, her. Yeah. Or and, and Zeta's like, Oh, you need to think before you act. And she's like, well, you need to just act like sometimes yeah, you, you take, never get anything done. Yeah, you wait too long. Like without you, you without me, you would just stand around and do nothing. And then introduce the, the pairing of them and have it be where the, the like pairs are stuck together. Mm -hmm. So it's like Zeta and the nerdy brother have all the knowledge, but not the inclination to act. Mm -hmm. Um, and the other two, the Ro and the cocky brother don't know how to get themselves out of situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that would have been much more interesting. Yeah. Uh, God, this episode is so bad. I, uh, one, one other thing that kind of bothered me too, and you actually having been from Kansas, maybe you can corroborate this, but I feel like the world they showed in this episode doesn't exist like this super, like, so this is supposed to be in 2040 something, right? Maddie, you can tell us exactly when. I think even the next episode says like 2044 or something like that. doesn't matter. Okay. But it's set another 20 some odd years in the future from now. Yeah. 40 years in the future from when the show aired. I feel like even when the show aired, Kansas didn't look like that. Of just like emptiness with like the occasional gas station and an old fashioned diner. I mean, there is a lot of that in Kansas. Okay. Is that still the case in Kansas? Uh, I mean, it depends on what part you're in. Okay. Because, yeah, Kansas is a farming state. Yeah. So a lot of it is small town stuff. Like my my roommate in college, Ian, he he, he lived in like a bigger small city. Mm -hmm. But still, it's it, these are the people where you hear like, oh, we have one traffic light. And the big thing that happened in my 18 years is we got a Wendy's. Jeez. Like those cities exist. That's so sad. <laughs> right. I'm sorry if you guys, if listeners live in those sort of spaces. Mm -hmm. We're very biased living in Los Angeles. We are very biased. <laughs> uh, but no, like those definitely exist. But so uh, specifically what was bothering me was, okay, so you got Phillips stations, you got random diners or whatever, but also there are so many random derelict buildings and like old barns and stuff like that. Like why are these two guys like using a seemingly a barn as a base of operations, more or less, chasing tornadoes when all the structures there around get completely wrecked by the tornadoes within an instant. My thing is if you're living this deep in tornado alley and you're never going to be in a place where three tornadoes happen in one day. No. Uh, why is, why is there civilization here at all? Yeah. If, if three and there's, you know, because before this day, they've never had anything to stop the tornadoes. Why are you building anything above ground? Yeah. This whole shitty city should be underground. And, and like, was one of them supposed to be some sort of like crazy super tornado? Because I feel like by the time we got to the end, the thing was literally just like pulling fully brick and mortar structures off the ground and mm -hmm. throwing them through the air. And that's kind of also what they missed about the dangers of being inside a tornado is the brother was so nonchalant about like, ow, I have a cut on my arm. Uh, People die. People die because of the debris inside. So like the, the panic should have been not that they needed to dissipate the tornado from the inside. It should have been that they're 
their pod is being ripped to shreds yeah by even you know just like pellets of sand moving it crazy crazy 700 miles an hour yeah uh ripping your you know scraping all the metal off like you you're in a ticking time bomb yeah and also you're very dizzy they didn't play into that even a little bit no one got nauseous no one like threw up that's like such a kids show thing too like oh i don't feel so good yeah and they like they kind of touched on it when they stopped the first tornado he's like i'm glad that i skipped lunch uh like no you were trapped in a tornado yeah it's it's pretty bad Mm -hmm. the worst one yet in my opinion, I I I've blocked out a lot of That's the true. early. I've forgotten. I've forgotten a lot of this as well. But of season two, this is definitely the bottom. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh, do you actually have any other notes? Let me see. I can go over. I about, feel like you haven't even looked at your notes yet. You, you, you've just you've just been like remembering things off the top of your head that you hated and just talking about it. I was really hoping this episode was when we we're gonna learn Zeta isn't waterproof. <laughs> No, that's the next episode. Yeah. Uh, I think it could have been interesting if they played into Storm Chaser culture. Oh, yeah. I thought that was where this was heading. Yeah. It's like, I mean, Twister had already been out for a few years when this came out. But you feel like that they were riffing off that. Mm-hmm. Like, you feel like the writer like watched Twister that weekend was like, maybe. Yeah. Maybe but I mean, even then, yeah. if you wanted to, to go into think before you act or act before you think, um, when they saw the car, the, the hover car chasing the tornado... Uh, Ro could have been like, Zeta, go out and stop him. Yeah. Like, she couldn't do it herself, but she was telling Zeta to take that first step, and he was refusing. Yeah. And then they got hurt. Could have been more interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to know why Tornado Alley exists? And yeah. What? Uh, yeah, I do, actually. Uh, it's actually pretty cool. Okay. Uh, so we have this very specific climate setup in that strip in the Midwest, because you have the warm wind coming northeast, northwest from the Gulf of Mexico, mm-hmm. which is meeting the cold air going southeast from the Rocky Mountains. Okay. And it hits directly above Kansas. Oh, interesting. Kansas, Mich- uh, uh, Kansas, Missouri area. Yeah. And so that's why that area gets the worst tornadoes. It's, like it, it's such a perfect blend of hot and cold air. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why we have Tornado Alley. Is and it- there's other pockets like that in um in the world but for some reason we just have that perfect like the perfect equation for both where it hits that section harder than any place in the world given that it's uh this perfect balance of hot air and cold air is anyone ever called it like goldilocks zone i don't i don't get the reference what are you no 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 <laughs> moving, moving on nope nope um we're not in kansas anymore toto no but i know that's interesting that's i did not know that was why that yeah. was the case mm-hmm. oh, okay i don't know i really don't have much to say in this episode it was just it was, of, it was just yeah. a bad episode it was just kind of bad yeah so uh, i don't know move on is there a, is there any way you would want to try and fix this episode i feel like we covered it okay yep great uh quality time moving swiftly along look we at us are. so brisk i don't think we've ever been on the second episode by 30 minutes ever oh uh, we'll have we'll pad this don't worry oh, yeah we'll find a way uh quality time this was a great premise that i think was executed just okay what what element of it do you thought did you thought did did, did you thought did you thought i am was it was a good idea um putting bennett in a scenario um 
where he had to compromise his his the, the value that we've seen him so far. Yeah. His sole purpose in these 20 episodes we've watched so far is he will catch Zeta no matter the cost. Yeah, except for firing Agent West. Except for firing Agent West. Happy to fire Agent Lee. Yeah. I know she quit, I guess, technically. She did quit, but. yeah. Uh, there's no means he wouldn't cross. I mean, he hacked into his own agency to get to, to get information. That's true, yeah. Uh, like, he, he's willing to sacrifice his job, the thing that we've seen so far he cares about more than anything, in order to catch Zeta. Yeah. And so we put him in a position where he now has to make the ultimate choice of family versus Zeta, his mission. Yeah, because the, the whole plot here is that there's some... It's great that we can add bad NSA agent, bad dad oh, to the yeah, list true. of bad... Oh, that's true. We can add Ben into our list of bad, uh, bad DCAU parents. Mm -hmm. uh, but basically, both Zeta and Ben are trying to track down Dr. Selig. He, anything involving him is classified to such a high degree that even Bennett doesn't have access. Mm -hmm. Except now he also kind of does. He kind of does. It's weird, I know. But he's able to figure out that basically an email came out of a, a, a Marine Institute to Selig recently. Zeta's discovered the same thing. So they both go there at the same time to talk to uh, this biologist there. And apparently Selig is interested in... Uh, the kind of animals that can regrow parts of their bodies. So in this mm -hmm. case, like a starfish. And we're wondering like, well, what does a roboticist want to do with that? I bet we'll probably not find out at some point because that was probably a long-term strategy that didn't pay out. What do you think it would have been? Um, maybe some sort of like techno-organic robot. I, was, I mean... Terminator space, maybe a little bit. Yeah. I was thinking Brainiac or Starro. Oh, but they won't... But there's so few references to the broader... Yeah, that's actually we did get a shway this episode. We got a shway. We did actually, get a shway. Hang on, that's something worth noting. Other than the appearance of Batman in this, no one ever talks about superheroes in this world. Mm -mm. I don't know if we've ever even talked about that fact. I mean, in the last episode, they were so calm when they saw a robot. Yeah, they were so calm. They're like, oh, a synthoid. Cool. But you know, I mean, at this point, Batman and Superman had both aired. You. And, and we know a, a version league. of Justice League existed in Batman Beyond. Exactly. So you would kind of feel like at some point someone would acknowledge the fact that superheroes exist. Now, there could have been like a licensing issue. Yeah, maybe it's not in the Midwest. Maybe they just, yeah, there's no superheroes in the Midwest. Right, yeah. They all, they all go to the coasts. Exactly. Uh, I mean, Superman, even Kansas. Superman did. Yeah. So, um, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah, but so they, uh, they both go to talk to the, the marine biologist there and essentially. Roe is flirting with like the the teenager who works the place and drives the submarine. I think his name's Brett. Yeah, sure. Something like that. Let's call him Brett. And yeah. so she decides to go for a ride the submarine, and then Bennett forces Brett to take his son along in a flagrant abuse of power. Oh yeah. On the ride as well. And <laughs> Entitled then, parent through and through. Yeah, and then basically Roe and also there's only two people working at this institute. Like where they have two pods and two employees, and both pods hold two people. Yeah. Where's, the, where's they, the pilot? The, the kid even says, like, him and someone else pilot the thing. Yeah. I'm like, well, why do they even need the second pod? Yeah. Or why not get one of the professionals to drive the damn thing? Exactly. Or, like, the random summer hire. But random summer hire uh, is too busy, like, being upset that Roe and Bennett's kid, James, aren't Trying to fun hook up time. with someone at the bottom of the ocean. I mean, I, I totally would do that. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's everything, anything for a story. Can't There's really. only so much oxygen. That's hot. Yeah, very hot. Yeah, get lightheaded. <laughs> uh, but they 
crash the submarine and it hold, starts... on, hold on hold on hold on so there's a sign outside of the the metal reef so it, it this is the other weird thing it seems like someone built an artificial coral reef down there mm-hmm. that is rusting there was a sign outside of it that said danger do not enter coral reef yes unstable but there was nothing dangerous about it except that brett was a bad pilot yeah you call submarine drivers pilots yeah cool yeah sure let's say it is i put a question mark in my notes about it <laughs> i'm so glad you were thorough um <laughs> uh, yeah if he was just paying attention there was no danger about there it there's no problem and i don't know if like them crashing into it then made the whole structure a little more unstable which is why pieces of it were falling off later when yeah. um bennett and zeta went down to recover everybody but it definitely felt odd i mean it was kind of a cool that part of it the futurism element was kind of interesting the idea that they built this kind of like almost like a, a massive buckyball uh, style structure to generate our, an artificial reef. Mm-hmm. That's a real thing. Like artificial reefs happen all the time. Yeah. So it's kind of cool. That's what they would do. Um, but one would imagine they would have built it a little bit sturdier. Right. And I don't know how, like you said, why is it rusting? Why is Yeah. Why would, why would uh, is it? Is it a metal? I mean, it must be a metal reef. But yeah. But like there, you know, are some metals that don't rust. Would, do, do you think the architect misheard them and heard wreath? And he was, he's like, I don't know why they want a giant Christmas wreath under the ocean, but I guess. And why do they want it made out of metal? But all right. Yeah, I guess we'll go with that. <laughs> I like that idea. Uh, but the, the whole thing basically starts falling East. apart. I thought you said weast. The whole thing starts falling apart and Zayden and Bennett have to like team up together to go down and save Ro and the kid. I mean, and this this idea has been done a lot. This is pretty common in kids shows. Yeah. Did you think this is a like, as an in terms of an execution of the concept? How did you feel about it? I think they just did it okay. I think there was so much they could have added more interesting stakes. Specifically, I very much disliked the way Bennett learned Zeta was there by just turning around and seeing Zeta. Yeah. Right. <laughs> what? Zeta's here. Hmm. Yeah, no, no real detective work on his part. Mm-hmm. I, I did. Uh, I, I think there could have been more interesting interaction between Roe and the son. Mm-hmm. I did really enjoy their bonding over how much they hated uh, Bennett. Yes, he's such a schmuck. Yeah, he's like, well, you get to see him. You know, the kid complaining that his dad's a workaholic. Like, you get to see my dad more than I do. He's like, well, we don't want to see your dad. Yeah, he's an asshole. That won't leave us alone. Yeah. So that was cute. Uh, uh, in terms of annoying children, because this show specializes them, how was this one? He wasn't that bad. I mean, there was nothing he did that caused the problem. Yeah, he was a little whiny, but he wasn't like... Which, in my boat, puts you, you know, leaps and bounds above the other kids in the show. Because usually true. they're the reason that shit's going down. Mostly Bucky. Mostly fucking Bucky. He has the same hair. That's true, he does. So there must that's be the style yeah, that time. There must be some teen, teen idol, some new like, Justin Bieber. Wasn't, um, there was that also, the the kid who like threw a glass of lemonade at his service bot? Mm-hmm. Didn't he have the same hair, too? I think so. Yeah. It's the style, man. Yeah. We continue to learn that Zeta is waterproof as he yeah. dives down to the ocean. Yep. And that these tiny little two-man submarines that also have enough room for, like, three other people uh, have built yeah. in... It's only two-man because they only put in two seats. Like, but, yeah, there's <laughs> only two seats, but they have a built-in airlock. 
Yeah. On both of them. Okay. I can't imagine that that space is that deep they're going to. Right. It's like you could Because they got down there pretty could, quick. You could just scuba dive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Zeta could have just jumped in. Yeah, absolutely true. Because he already had to get out. Not like the, the depth was so much that it would crush him. Mm-hmm. That'd be super, super deep one. But yeah, he, he could have just like dope down there and like grabbed it and brought it back up. Yeah. Problem solved. I did. But I guess l- Bennett wouldn't let him leave. Right. So th- th- that was my other thing is I did like Bennett having to to make any potential reason to distrust Zeta. Yeah. So, you know, when they're in the control room being like, you caused, like, you trapped my son down there. He's like, well, who, like, who made you put your son in that pod? And Bennett having to come to the realization of like, fuck, I put him in there. Like, I forced him right? in there. He's like, but no, Zeta, you mind controlled me. Uh, you know, he, Bennett is, is so, he wants to believe so hard that Zeta is still bad. And he even says to him, like, the reason I chase you down, the reason I want to capture you is you make the world a worse place in my eyes. Yeah, he's a danger and he wants to make the world safer for his kid. Mm-hmm. Which, like, makes sense that he would want to do that for his kid, but it doesn't make sense given that he's seen so much evidence to support the fact that Zeta is not bad. Now, I guess... Well, he's never actually seen the evidence. It kind of happens like in his blind one, spots. I feel like there's at least once or twice he saw like Zeta save somebody. But he, uh, No, I think but, Lee's the only one that's seen it, and that's why Lee had the change of heart. Right. But but also there was that moment in the season two premiere where they discover that there's some weird subroutine going on inside of Zeta, and mm-hmm. you don't know what that is. So, oh, like, that's right. And it still has that to hold on that's to. That's totally... Like, I forgot about even that. Even if... Well, because I think they forgot about yeah. it. Even if you are what you say you are, you still can't be trusted, which is exactly what he told in that episode. I mean, I guess it didn't really make sense for them to bring that back here because th- th- this show is still structured very much in the episodic format mm-hmm. where it's like they'll introduce something and then they'll bring it around again in the finale, but every episode in the middle is just a one-off. So it makes sense that they wouldn't be bringing that sort of idea back in here. How, if they did, if they did bring that in here, how would you want them to use it? I think I just would have wanted a, a reference of Zeta being like, like you see me save people, like, or even say like, why would I go out of my way to save someone if I were still trying to kill people? It's like, look, even if you say you've had a change of heart, you still can't be trusted. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we don't know what happened to you that made you this way. Like, you can, even without having to like specifically call back that piece of information, it could have simply been. Even if you say you are what you are, that's not how you were programmed. So there is something wrong with you, and you are ultimately a malfunctioning machine, and you can't be trusted. Yeah. I think that would have been enough to make it happen. I think it would have <clears throat> probably added too many story beats. But here, here's my idea. Make it a two-part episode. To make, it, make it a three-part episode. Uh, <laughs> make it a film spinoff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think you, you... So you start that at the beginning of the season. You have there's something inside your head that you don't even you don't know about Mm -hmm. you kind of sprinkle that in over the next few episodes and then this one when they go into the reef they're going in to look at something cool like there there's something specific that brett is trying to show them like oh you know there was this doctor in here who you know is obviously selig uh and i saw him and the doctor they were looking at something really cool right here I haven't seen it yet. I'm not supposed to see it, but let's go check it out. Giant octopus. Giant octopus. 
uh, you know, so for for sake of example, we'll just say it's like a, a giant emerald or something. Yeah. Just for an easy example. Uh, and now, now they're stuck down there. They're next to whatever thing it was. Zeta goes down. He's fully in, in control of himself still until the second he sees whatever the thing is. And we don't have to see it oh. on screen, but have some indication of like, he has a second programming that's now taking over. Oh. And he like has to get it, pick it up, destroy it, something. There's a MacGuffin that triggers some sort of programming defaults yeah. in his brain. Oh, that could be interesting. Uh, and so, it, so we'll say he has to take it. You don't see it on screen, but like as you know, as the thing, as they save the two kids, they start floating out of the water. You have the camera pan, and now the thing is missing. Yeah. And now you're like, and now it's like, oh well, what happened? You know, the wind take it. It's like, obviously Zeta has it, but now you have a mystery element of like. When like when did Zeta take it? Why did Zeta take it? Does I like, did Bennett does Bennett know? I you know you you can add in a whole another layer to the character, mm -hmm. and now you have a reason, a better reason for Bennett to still be an active reason for him to distrust Zeta rather than a passive one. Exactly. Yeah, that would make it more interesting. Mm -hmm. And then that ups the stakes of like, well, now we have to get to Selig, because he's the only one that knows what. Like now there's an urgency. Like I don't know what else I'm gonna do. I've I've gone against my my current programming, and now I'm a threat. Yeah. Uh, like now I get Bennett's perspective, but I don't want to be shut down. Right. That would have been much more interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, and it was Bucky all along who has been controlling him. Bucky. Yeah. I mean, because there is some good stuff in here. Like I swear, I think that the writers were probably fans of the. Thunderbirds from the 60s like the last <laughs> few episodes are both like kind of like natural disaster rescue situations I mean there's some good stuff in here I like that they at least were introducing a slightly complicated character dynamic between Zeta and Bennett I, I like anything underwater just love any sort of underwater animation <laughs> I think it looks super cool I love submarines mm -hmm. um, I liked all that stuff down there you know, they're, just in, they're just in the tide pool there's a, I know they're just yeah they're in like a lagoon practically um some of their logic didn't really make sense. The idea that Zeta would get out of the good submarine to be a, a, yeah, a manual was, rudder for the bad submarine. It's kind of like two minutes of just padding. Yeah. And then, what is it? Bennett insisted on staying in the bad sub because he didn't want to let Zeta out of his sight. But his son refused to get separated from the dad again. So the two of them get in the bad sub so that Roe and Conk down summer hire Brett. can just... Yeah, Brett can just drive off in the good stuff. All of that just didn't really make quite a lot of sense. I get the idea that now Bennett has to actually put his life and his son's life in Zeta's hands. And then what, like a random piece of the thing falls off and knocks Zeta away and the sub continues to fill with water, but then Zeta just turns around and comes back and like just shoves I, it up to the surface and then we're done. I, I looked at the time code because I love to see how much time I have left of this torture. Right. Uh, the, the commercial break... Because, I mean, it was a fade to black. So I yeah. assume there might have been a commercial there. Yeah. There was a minute and a half of the episode left. Jesus Christ. I mean... I'd be furious as a child. They, they <laughs> love to do that. I mean, they, they, it, it, it just shows that for whatever reason, this show, I don't think, was given room to breathe. Mm -hmm. And I think you see that a lot in the weird pacing of the episodes. They, they feel like they're building towards something, and then they don't. Mm -hmm. And it's... It's a shame because there have been a number of times we've had interesting scenarios pop up and we've come up with like better ways you could have approached it. They're just 
there's always potential here. I think there's potential in this one. It just, mm-hmm. and then like, they get to the end and uh, what Zeta and Roe are running away and Bennett basically decides he can either shoot at Zeta from a distance or like help his son get off of a perfectly stable floating. Yeah, yeah. He's already safe. He's up at perfectly fine. But I mean, I guess the idea is like, Oh, you know, I, I gotta put my son first. Mm-hmm. Here's, here's my logic question for you. Mm-hmm. Not to oversight the team and what they looked at already. Uh, there is an airlock in a sub. Yeah. That means there must be some sort of suit or, uh, this is a very good point. <laughs> uh, yeah, some sort air- of diving gear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, they don't need the second sub They They have to have at least one thing of air. Yeah. Cause you know, they have one person in the tank and one person out. Yeah. Uh, so and they know they can fit three people in. So Bennett take the oxygen tank, put the three people in the new sub, and then he can stay attached to Zeta the whole time. Yeah, that would have worked. <laughs> right. God damn it. They. I mean, bless their hearts. They were trying. Mm-hmm. But it, yeah. yeah, this was a, a a great idea. They could have done a lot of cool stuff with this. They just just executed just okay. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, I was kind of like, meh. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Zayden and Ro get away. And As always. Maybe the next time we see Bennett, he'll be slightly softer on Zeta, but probably still insist on trying to bring him in. Mm-hmm. Great. I know. Well, no, I think if if they were to do this a next time, because I don't know if Bennett, I assume Bennett's going to come back. Uh, I think we should have his boss come back. Oh, uh, And now... Yeah there were witnesses to Bennett letting him go witnesses that also know Selig. Yeah. Uh, and Selig is, is obviously still a higher up, a higher ranking person than him. Mm -hmm. It's like you let a death robot chase after a superior, continue to get away after a superior. Mm, And now he's being reprimanded for it. That would make it more interesting. Well, Mm -hmm. there you go. There's the, the starting point for your second part of this episode. Part two. two. Yep. Selig's revenge. Selig is actually a giant starfish. Uh, oh, I'd be on board. Mm-hmm. I'd be so on board. And with he, did, he he's a starfish who forgot how to regenerate, so he's studying his brothers. Yep. So I can learn. Yes. Uh, I don't know. Any other thoughts on this? Really? Not really. These are both just meh episodes. I know. Well, it's fine. We can uh, we can go along to some notes. Let's see, from we got a shway. That was pretty exciting. Uh, been not only a bad spot, he's also a bad dad. Uh, oh, <laughs> I loved it. Uh, because he, he tells his son, like, oh, let's go on vacation together. In, in Bennett's mind at this point, Zeta is still the biggest national threat. And he's just casually oh, bringing yeah. his son to the line of fire. Yeah, it's like, oh, let's just uh, go take a day off here. Yeah, let's add that to the, to the list of bad dad things. Oh, I, <laughs> when uh, Ro is like, oh, I, know, I, watched him how to, I watched him drive this. I can, I can drive a submarine now. Like, oh, yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. I mean, everyone, they hire just random dudes off the street in the summer. That, you know, anyone can drive these damn things. You're right. I, I, I take that back. Uh, yeah, that, that's pretty much, pretty much my notes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Seems fair. All right. So let's, uh, do a kind of a quick little notes from friends section. So, uh, both Ashley Clark and then also my friend Ted, uh, commented on the fact they both just watched Hush. And Ashley said that uh, she didn't really like the Riddler change. I guess we're going full spoilers here on Hush. But um, 
the twist at the end. She's like, not everything needs a twist ending. And talking about Ted, he kind of felt the same way. Now, I actually liked the fact they did something different. So it wasn't just a straight adaptation. I, I don't know. Like in hindsight, how do you still feel about the way they handled the end of Hush? Uh, it's, it's been a few weeks now since I remember watching it. Uh, and I remember I, I liked it because they needed some other thing to do besides, um, tee up Jason, Todd. Jason. Yeah. Yeah. They couldn't, Red use, Hood. they couldn't use him as a red herring anymore. Mm-hmm. So I, I think this was a, a, an interesting way to do it. My, my bigger concern with this was how much they cut out, uh, uh, Tommy, Tommy. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, maybe he could have been in there somewhere at the end. I think no matter what, with these stories, I think it's always going to be a twist. Yeah, I mean, hmm. yeah, because it's kind of the essence of mysteries. Is is yeah, there has to be some sort of twist, and like I, I guess it's weird because I feel like when they did Hush, it's almost like they did that to deliberately throw off the fans a little bit. Like you, you imagine obviously people who haven't read the comic will watch the movie, so to them the Riddler twist would be just as shocking as the Tommy twist, I guess. Or maybe the Tommy would have been more expected because it's always like the new character you introduce. Yeah. But if that was the case, I'm kind of surprised they didn't do more of a red herring setup. Like they never really even go down the path of Tommy possibly being the one that did it. Right. Well, cause he's, he's in three scenes and he's dead. Yeah. And you almost kind of wonder like if there was something maybe was supposed to happen around the time of them digging up the body and like you, you almost need like a beat after the body's dug up where Bruce goes like, he's still alive. Like it's all been a ruse. Like someone is trying, I don't know. Like you had to like tee up towards him thinking that's what was going on maybe mm-hmm. before doing the Riddler thing. But like my biggest problem with that movie wasn't the Riddler twist. It was just kind of the rest of it was just a little underwhelming. Agreed. Um, so I don't know. We, we shall see. I'm really hoping that when they do the long Halloween, I know that's going to be a two-parter. I'm hoping it again, it'll be like a one-off. I'm assuming it's going to have to be because it's supposed to be really, that story is early on in Batman's career. It'd be hard to do it in the New 52-verse timeline. Mm-hmm. So. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. So we agree and also disagree. Yes. Yes? Yes. Thank yeah. you for your comments. Thank you for your comments. Uh, uh, as I've been doing, reading out reviews here, uh, just as a, a thank you to those that have left those and uh, as a hopeful encouragement for others to leave more. Um, also, please do that because we put our last written review. Amazing. We did it. Uh, and this one was a, a five-star review from uh, Jackasaurus Rex from May of 2017. Wow. Jumping back a bit here. Uh Review. Love this. Exclamation point. 100, 100, 100. Awesome. Thank you. Brief to the point. Nailed it. Nice and succinct. Loved it. Thank you. Uh, but no, we, we do appreciate you guys leaving us reviews. It helps with some sort of metrics. Um, and as I've been saying, if you guys leave a review. And confidence. And confidence. Really, yeah. I've been walking around LA. Very shook for both of us these mm-hmm. days. So uh, yeah, if you can do that, that'd be uh, greatly appreciated. So, um, But why don't we go ahead and go into some bat plugs here. Uh, I think you have... We, we do want to talk about the first episode of Titan season two. Very briefly. Do you Not like about, we used to. Yeah. Do we want to talk about that first and then get into the other plugs or? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. So I only have had a chance to watch the, the first episode of season two, which was basically just the finale of season one. Right. I don't understand why they couldn't have given us this 
like before. I'm I'm pretty sure they filmed all of that for season one. Yeah, because they I, look I think, different I feel like in they the even next episode. Originally had one more episode scheduled to air, and then opted not to do it. Oh, that's interesting. I'm pretty sure. It, it, I feel like the last season was 11 episodes, or whatever, and it was supposed to be 12 or maybe mm-hmm. 12 and 13. But yeah, I mean, it's all characters, same look, same continuity. And when we like jump forward a little bit to the the new parts where they're in San Francisco, like they do look different enough. You're like, oh, that's because time has passed, right? So I kind of feel like they must have had a reason to hold off. On, I just feel like they, they didn't have a good enough cliffhanger. I I think the bigger cliffhanger would have been all of the team turning, Trigon going in his full form, which, to be fair, looked decent considering mm-hmm. the CGI budget is probably not great for the show. Right. And then have him walk out and have the world start dying around him. Like, to me, that makes more sense as a cliffhanger. Yeah. But... Maybe they didn't then have enough story to fill an entire pilot to resolve that. Because even as it is, there's the whole thing about... Because thematically, there's something that makes sense there, right? The whole idea over the course of season one, clunky though it was, was that it was this idea of like how far are you willing to go? Is Robin a murderer? It's ridiculous that that would be a thing. But still, that was the idea. And fuck so, Batman. Fuck Batman. So, you know, Trigon's way of turning everyone to evil was to have them kill someone in a dream sequence. Right. Mm -hmm. So that all kind of makes sense. And so we get why Raven would then have to try and like rescue Dick from being corrupted. The weird thing is once she does that, he doesn't have anything else to do. She just decides then go out and fight her dad. And then she wipes out Trigon in an instant. Here's, here's where they, should have done. The whole thing is about crossing that line of murder. Have that be Raven's dream sequence of her killing her dad. Mm. Wait, where would you then go with it? She, she, then she would then be part of the darkness at that point, right? Exactly. She wouldn't do it. She would, she would banish him again. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. She would find a way to banish him. Yeah. Cause even as it is it, like maybe I, I assume he was destroyed. It was really unclear. Because she just walks out there, all of a sudden has full control over her powers, does something, we have no idea what she does, and then he's gone. Exactly. And But now she's got a cool gem in her head. She's got that cool gem in her head. I did like how they it handled that. Good. I did like that idea that her heart was broken and Trigon removed it and shaped it in the gem and put it back into her head. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's what actually happens in the comics or not, but I like that idea of... Um, I don't really get the metaphor, but sure. No, I don't really get it either, but whatever. It, it looks it, cool. It looks cool, and it was kind of an interesting idea. But, you know, you feel like there were moments that were being built up. Like, all of a sudden, for the first time, Beast Boy can turn into something other than a tiger, right? Mm-hmm. He turns into a snake. You're like, oh, maybe they're going to comment on that. Like, finally, he has enough control to do something different. Never talk about it. Nope. Uh, we don't know what Raven does to banish the guy. He just gets banished. And then they're like, all right, well, you four are going to go off and do your own thing, I guess. And then Donna and Starfire are going to catch a ride back with Hank and Dawn. And then none of us are titans again yeah and now we're back at so does does the season the first episode end with seeing them in their areas the first episode ends with uh dick jason raven and we're gonna call raven not rachel and beast boy oh at the tower at the tower and beast boy has a moment where like he he like visualizes back to when Hawk, Dove, Robin, and That's Wonder right. Girl were all in their costumes in Titan's Tower. Mm-hmm. 
I think Aqualad was in there too. No, it was just the four of them. Okay. We haven't seen Aqualad yet. Um, okay. So, so basically the start of episode two is Hawk and Dove are in there are in a new place. Um, Starfire and, um, Wonder Girl are in Chicago and then everyone else is still in the tower. Okay. So, yeah. so, so we're back in three storylines again. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. I, have, I haven't really gotten into the second episode yet, but mm-hmm. I, that's fine. It, it's kind of weird. Cause the, the stuff that's in the end of this episode, like the new stuff is obviously they all have different looks now because they're in San Francisco and they go to Titans tower. Yeah. We get a brief introduction to Slade. Mm hmm who clearly has some sort of history of the Titans and he's like been off in exile. They allude to him sort of exile and he like comes back as the Titans are back. Yeah. And on top of that, there's that exchange between Dick and Bruce. Okay. I like Ian Glenn a lot. Not with an American accent, horrible American accent. Yeah. And someone else said this and I, I forget who maybe, maybe it was you. Someone pointed out that guy does not look like Bruce Wayne. He looks like Alfred. Yeah. He's 100% Alfred. Every time I see him, I think it's Alfred. He would make a great Alfred. It, yeah. It's just, and I, I like Ian Glenn a lot. I just, and even when he was cast, I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. That could make it something interesting. And it just didn't work. No. Like, he he should still be built like a brick shit house because this is Batman we're talking about. And also, I'm sorry. Bruce Wayne should never be balding. And I'm not trying to make fun of Ian Glenn and the fact that he has some hair loss going on. He's still a very handsome man mm-hmm. and he's rocking the slick back look. It looks just great. But, like, I just didn't believe that character was Bruce. Not even, because it's also, I don't know if it's, if he's, like, too passive with everything. He's, like, too just, like, eh. He's exactly, he's playing the Alfred that we got in, uh, in Animated, in BTOS. He's, yeah. he's one-off lines. He's, he's a little of, snarky. He's kind of bubbly. Yeah. He, he's so, like, this is not the, the Batman that would have been pushing robin to the point of like wrecking like breaking bones and right like being that aggressive like th- this doesn't feel like any batman but certainly not like the really extreme borderline murder batman that they have been setting up so far in this show i just didn't buy that moment mm-hmm. really at all he seems too at peace yeah exactly and that's very much against batman and again especially this version of batman it's like that it just didn't it didn't really work Maybe that's for me. why Dick is so mad because he's always just so chipper. He's just too yeah, bubbly the, the, all the yeah, time. This Batman is just, they is just swapped happy. roles. And he's like, how can you be happy? The city's in shambles. Like, we're going to fix it. Yeah. He's, he's just like, like overpowering optimism. The new Batman. It, <sighs> oh, Dick, come on. Just give him another try. You're going to do great. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Bruce, just shut up. <laughs> ah! <laughs> I just, I, I felt like if, they had given us this at the end of last season, it at least would have felt like a slightly better finale. Mm-hmm. But this just feels so underwhelming to have waited this long. But I mean, I, I'm kind of looking at that as like the finale of season one and then season two going down a very different path. I, I, I still think Trigon should have been a bigger villain. Yeah, I agree. Cause I mean, he's a big bad of the DCU of the DC universe. Um, and they just got rid of him in an episode. In like five minutes. Yeah. Even. And so I think if they would have done it where he's banished and not destroyed. Yeah. They do they will they do play it for like a second in the next episode. But at the end of this episode, you have it where it's her keep it in dream sequences. It's her dream sequence 
she somehow tricks him in the dream sequence where like he touches the mirror again or something and it sucks him back into the portal. Yeah. Um, but now he's still in her head. So they go yeah. to tower, they see the costumes. I can still do that. And then Raven's sitting in her home and in, in her room and you know, she looks in the mirror and it's not the evil version of herself anymore. Now she just sees her dad. Oh yeah. Like, maybe he, like it's like the four eye version of her. Maybe that like we get in the, uh, the cartoon. Yeah. That's a good fucking point. I forgot mm-hmm. about the fact that the version she always sees in the mirror is like the one with like the weird black eye thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, so now it's the four eyed version. Um, and now, you know, he's going to find another way out. He's gotten out once. Yeah. And so now she's, she kind of has this like stress on her shoulders like I have to get better now. I I have to overtrain, and I have to fall into the same problems that Dick and and Tim did, where they work themselves, you know, to the to the extent of extent of murder. Yeah. Like I now have to be that person where I'm the only one that can stop my dad. Yeah. All of my friends failed. All the people that in, that had been protecting me for ten episodes failed. Yeah. It's on my shoulders and only my shoulders. Yeah, that would have made it more interesting. Mm-hmm. And then you can then you can start the next season two years later. She's a little more chilled out. Yeah. Uh, she still has that pressure, but now, you know, Garth is there. Dick is there. Uh, J- it's Jason, not ta- Tim. Jason is there. Yeah. Uh, and now there's just other things to distract her. There's yeah. other people going around. There's other villains. Yeah. I, I, I mean... I'm intrigued to keep watching. Like I'm starting to see inklings of the stuff I wanted more from the first season. Mm-hmm. Um, Episode know. two is, is good. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't watched three. I'll, I'll watch three after you finish this recording. Yeah. So I don't know. Well, we shall see, mm-hmm. but um, I don't know. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Do you have anything else to plug? Uh, I have one other thing. Uh, it's this video that came out this week and uh, we actually just rewatched it. Oh, right. I forgot. Uh, right. <laughs> So it's a animated short coming out of Into the Spider-Verse and it's Spider-Ham caught in the ham. Yes. It, you, you literally showed me this minutes ago. Yes. It was amazing. It is really good. It's I, three minutes. Everyone, if you haven't seen it, pause this. Go watch it. Unless you're driving. Yeah. Pull off no, the pa- pause it. Watch it in the corner of your eye while mm-hmm. driving. Yeah. You'll get the gist of it. Actually, no, don't do that. We have we don't have enough followers to begin with. I don't want to lose any to car accidents. Right. Um, it's super fun and really, really funny. It 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 leans so heavy into the old Looney Tunes Tex Avery comedy. Yeah. Which I love. So it, and again, we really do encourage you to go watch it. We it's I wouldn't call these spoilers per se, but I think part of the reason this is so clever is that it it has surprises mm-hmm. along the way. It does clever things that I want to talk about. And it's only about. three minutes. Yeah. And so go watch it because we want to talk about these things. But what, what I love is that it it leans into a lot of those tropes but turns them on their head a little bit. So like right even from the, you know, the beginning, Spider-Ham's capture and they do like the yes you can, no I can't sort of thing back and forth. Mm-hmm. But the, the rabbit season, duck season. Exactly. But the twist on this is then like rather than it just swapping dialogue when they swap dialogue they also swap places and all of a sudden the villains inside the chair mm-hmm. um you know then ham walks away is that is that a james bond thing is that where that started yeah the laser mm-hmm. yeah the laser hidden between the crotch mm-hmm. sort of thing like i love they do that i love they run out and they do the um the, the run doors th- doors the back and doors yeah but then like the the turn there is that uh all the different versions of spider ham like show up at once 
And they run into a room. It's like, wait, is this the same room we were in before? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, yeah, we ran out of budget. Yeah, they, they pulled the Hanna-Barbera joke. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just those little clever turns on the things we've seen done before. Like, it totally embraces its Looney Tunes, Hanna-Barbera roots, but has a clever commentary on mm-hmm. it. And it's still John Mulaney. It's still John Mulaney, who is so good in that role. I, he's so good. He's so fun. Yeah. And I, he, he brings just the right amount of, like, overacting to it yes like it, it still feels so natural for him it's just a bit over the top yeah and and they also they do kind of like the the fourth wall breaking thing all of a sudden like he's in an internet browser and like the stylus comes in like as an actual animator like imagine that was particularly oh, tickling for yeah you. I mean, you saw me giggle when you saw yeah. the frames at the bottom yeah because uh, that, that's that's a uh, adobe formerly known as adobe flash now adobe animate yeah which is what i assume they did part of that in mm-hmm. uh so yeah that, that was funny there there was a a series on YouTube that's been around for over 10 years now called Animator vs. Animation, where it's um, a guy draws a stick figure, named him the Chosen One, and now he is set to destroy the Cursor, his creator. Yeah. Uh, and it's very funny. They're very, very good. They're very well animated. It brings a lot of those vibes. Okay. If, if, you, are, if you like this short, the end of this short, I recommend going to watch those. There's five of them. They range from like three minutes to twenty minutes. Animator versus creator. A- uh, I think animator versus animation. Versus animation. All right, I'll add into the uh, the plugs here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it it's a very very well done short. It's been a while since I've seen a good like three minute like comedy thing. Yeah. Now that was very well done. It's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's all I got. What are your other plugs? Uh, I started listening to a new book, Ooh, and it's book. very. Uh, off brand for me okay i mean uh, it'd be off brand if you're reading it but it's that's not true <laughs> uh someone mentioned this at comic-con that i should read it it's called the dark descent of elizabeth frankenstein the dark descent of elizabeth frankenstein all right yes and it's the story focusing on the bride of dr frankenstein and kind of everything she went through to one put up with the crazed doctor and also because she she was born basically oh no when she was born her mom passed away in birth Mm -hmm. given to a foster care was beaten horribly and was sold to the frankenstein house where her job was just to basically keep uh victor victor sorry victor's uh, victor company uh, and so all the hoops she had to jump through to stay in that position, uh, kind of be in the power position the whole time while staying this, you know, it's the 1700s, 1800s, 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 uh, you know, women don't have any power this time. Yeah. So her manipulating the system to both seem innocent while kind of controlling everything underneath. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, Five, six chapters in right. It's, oh, it's cool. really good. It's yeah, really it's interesting. Good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Have you ever read uh, the original Frankenstein? Mm-mm. I do want to read it at some point. Cause I've, I've heard it's obviously I mean, it's a, it's literally a classic. Yeah. Um, but I've also heard that it holds up really well too. Yeah. Uh, and I, I don't know where that one starts, but this one, it's um, in this story, it starts with Victor going off to college. Okay. Uh, and her kind of chasing after him because now that he's gone she has no place in the house right and she's worried she's gonna be cast aside again mm-hmm. oh, that's interesting 
have you ever seen Young Frankenstein, the Mel Brooks movie? No. You're gonna hate me, but no, I haven't. I know it's one of your favorites. It's, it's, I'm not gonna judge you for it. It's 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 well worth a watch. We should watch it at mm-hmm. some point. It's 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 re- been on my list for years. It's really really funny. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Um, that's a cool book though. All right. Yeah. Again, it's it's very off kilter from my normal listening. Yeah. There's no superheroes in it. Are you okay? I no. Oh okay. I'm waiting for someone to save the day. Maybe it'll be Frankenstein's monster. Maybe it will be. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Superman. Superhero. It's the Iron Giant. Oh, Iron Giant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's that's my plug for the week. Oh, okay. Well, there we go. Mm-hmm. Look at that. We did it. Nice that was an hour. Yeah, pretty close. Wow. Yeah. Well, there wasn't much to talk about this week. I know. Also, peek behind the curtain. We just recorded another episode before this, and you and I are both. So, I, I can feel my voice going. So I'm so tired. Mm-hmm. I I think I have a headache. But we're done. We're done. <laughs> we did Let's it. Let's do this outro. That's how much we love you guys. Yes. Getting as much content as we can. So we can take a break. So yeah. So I can <laughs> go on a trip. Uh, but thank you for listening. Um, we can be found at Tim Talk Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Gmail. If That's you've right. been checking out uh, the new season of Titans, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are a little behind, so if anything super spoil- spoilery happens... Send it to Cameron and not me. Yes, I will probably be more caught up. Yes. Uh, but yeah, you, you can find us... I think, did I say it? Did I yeah, say where? Did. Okay. Mm-hmm. I cannot tell. You want to do it again? <laughs> no, I'm good. I can't tell what's happening anymore. I'm at Lordifer. On uh, Twitter and Instagram, where you can not see me slowly have a mental breakdown. Because uh, I'm never posting either of them. Uh, you can find my art, which I've actually started doing again. You have, yes. At Cameron.exter. And if you want to see my face and my Disney things and my Halloween-y things, you can find that at CamDexter underscore adventures. Can we find a different way of phrasing nope. that? Okay. <laughs> if you want to see Cameron's Halloween-y, go to CameronDexter underscore adventures. Cam Dexter. Cam Dexter underscore adventures. That's me. God damn it. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, guys. Bye.